Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, serving you in Kansas City from his office in Overland Park. As always, thanks for checking out our podcast. Hopefully, you have found us on the website at wealthpartnerskc.com, or maybe it was shared with you through social media or something like that. We certainly would appreciate any likes or shares or reviews that we can get. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, again, go to wealthpartnerskc.com, click on the podcast tab on the website there and you'll see the options to subscribe and you can check out some past episodes as well again wealthpartnerskc.com of course anytime you are uh, thinking about making a financial change or doing something before you take any action we always strongly encourage you to talk with a financial professional and you can reach out to Steve to bounce your ideas and questions off of him directly at 913-685-3207 that's 913-685-3207 and make sure that you have that conversation ahead of time Steve, welcome in this week. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks. Very, very good. Uh, still doing the moving process? Still doing okay? Oh, doing just fine. Just, just, wor- just working through working it. Working through it, huh? Well, it's uh, it's all you can do is to just kind of a little bit at a time. Sometimes we try to bite off more than we can chew when it comes to moving and do it too much. And so hopefully, uh, you know, you can do it in stages and just kind of not wear yourself out. That's what we're planning. There you go. All right. So let me ask you a question before we get into our main topic this week. We are going to discuss really what financial security means to you. So we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on the SECURE Act of 2019. We may do a podcast on this here in a couple of weeks as well. But the SECURE Act is, uh, there's some different things that it's gone through the House. It's still waiting to go through the Senate. But they are working on this bill that part of it, one piece of it, would also include raising the RMD uh, limit from 70 and a half or age, excuse me, to 72. Now, conversely, the Reza Act is also considering moving that to 75. So my question to you, when we get into all the acts and all the stuff right this minute, but what do you think about them raising the RMD age, be it whatever, from 70 and a half to whatever? What's your thoughts on that? I think that's good. I have a number of clients who really don't need the money out of that retirement account. They've done a good job of saving in other areas. Lifestyle is such that their Social Security and maybe a small pension, some investment income is more than enough to cover them. And they would like to have more of a control over their taxes. Some of my clients have significant amounts in IRAs accounts, and and they really don't need that much out of that IRA account to meet you know, the living expenses. So I think it would be a good idea. Most of the clients that I talk to when I tell them that, hey, you're coming up on 70 half, you're going to have to start taking money out. They're like, I don't want to take any money out. (laughs) Well, you don't have a choice. You have to. And then when we look at it, they got to take out $40,000. They're like, I don't, I don't need 40,000. Too bad. You got to take it. So I think raising the, uh, the age, whether it's 72, 75 is helpful for a lot of people. Now, there are some that it's really not going to matter because they're taking it well more than what their their required minimum distribution is. But for a lot of my clients, I think it would be good for them. Yeah, and the, the, going to 72, and I think, and again, uh, these two acts right now still have to go through, and I think there's going to be maybe some merger in some of this with what they do. Going to 72 in some ways seems kind of, I don't know, it's only a year and a half. 
right? So to go from 70 and a half to 72. So I think that's why the 75 has been introduced. And I almost kind of think, and this is a conversation for another day, we won't do it today, but I almost think that some of this is a precursor to looking at figuring out how to back up social security as well. At some point, I know they're different, but still in the fact that we have to, I mean, we're living longer. I think at some point for whatever generation, we have to make uh, retirement age much later than 62. That's for sure. Yeah. And that'll help with the funding. I wouldn't be surprised by all that. Yeah. But anyway, we'll have a conversation about that on another day. For now, let's talk about our main topic, which is really what financial security means to you. It might mean, you know, I don't know. Everybody's definition is so different. So when you people come in and sit down with you, Steve, and they're, and they're talking to you, what kind of different things do you hear? Is it... You know, okay, let's go. Let's go this direction, right out of the gate. Is it like, well, I want to make sure I don't have to bother my kids. I don't want to be a burden to the kids. I hear that a ton of times. I mean, that tends to be something that's brought on a lot. And when somebody says, "I don't want to be a burden," I say, "What do you mean?" What do you mean? Well, I don't want them to have to support me. I don't want them to have to, you know, be stopping their lifestyle to take care of us. We want to be on our own, or we want to be someplace else, and. In order to do that, there are certain things that have to happen. And one of the things I always make sure is say, look, you need to have a power of attorney for health care and for financial situations. And that way that if something comes up, your children can assist you. If you're just not willing to do it anymore, you can turn it over to them. Right. Also, if you have a trust, you can use that as well. So there are documents that can be put into place that can help take away that burden. Also, properly positioning your money maybe into something like an asset-backed long-term care policy that will help cover a uh, long-term care stay at some place to where you've already sectioned off a part of your money and you self-funded that so that your kids don't have to worry about that. There are a number of ways of taking care of that particular issue. Yeah, and really what you're talking about here is when you're saying, I don't want to be a burden to the kids, and it is financial. So really what we're saying is you don't want to run out of money. Like who does, right? So that's usually the number one concern is I want to be sure that I'm not going to outlive my money. And to our point to kick off this podcast, we are living longer. So is that the number one thing when people say, here's my financial security, here's what I need. I need to not outlive my money. Right. And then one of the issues is for most people, a health issue can exacerbate that problem. Exactly, Meaning right. you have a problem, you go to a nursing home, you're going to be spending seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a month to be in that facility. And as you said, we're living longer. If you remember years ago, if somebody got pneumonia and they were 75 or 80, they died. Right. Not today. Right. Somebody fell and broke a hip, you know, your grandmother the, 40, the mobility years ago. became bad, then you did get an illness like the flu or like yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know, you fell and most people broke a hip, they died. Right. Well, not now. So you're right. Those are the things. Now, I always tell people, say, look, you need to put them in place when you're healthy. Sure. It's really difficult to put together a, a power of attorney when you're incapacitated. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And to your point, if you have to go and take assisted living or something like that, and you're worried about running out of money, it's not just you. Typically, it's the spouse who winds up having their retirement really altered because especially you may go in a nursing home or something, you're not going to know, right? Or in some cases, you're not going to be aware or it's not something you're going to be thinking about. The person left behind is really the one who can suffer from that financial standpoint because it really can bleed the retirement savings. It can. It's the stress that that is put on people who are, if you will, the caregiver. 
Right. Um, exactly. if, if you've, you know, I've talked to many of my clients and one question I ask is, have you ever known somebody who was a caregiver for somebody who had Alzheimer's or yeah, dementia rough. or some type of issue? And they go, oh, yeah. And I said, did that person get just as sick or sicker than the one they were taking care of? And they go, oh, yeah, it's incredibly draining. Yeah. Um, and when you're the spouse and you're watching your your life savings just dwindle every single month, you add that pressure plus the pressure of your spouse going through what they're going through. It's really a bad situation. Yeah. Well, we're talking about financial security, what it means to you. And I've got some, those were kind of obvious, the, the obvious ones, you know, not running out of money and not being a burden to the kids. Let's look at it from a different angle here for a couple more of these. What if Steve, someone says, you know what, I'd like to retire, but then work part time only because I really want to. For example, I was just talking with a gentleman a couple days ago who's driving Uber, right? It's, I think he said he was 69, 68 or 69. He retired at 65, but he's driving Uber because because he's kind of like, he just wants to talk to people, really, is what it kind of comes down to. So he's working because he feels like it, not because he has to. Right. And that's the best position to be in. If you want to work, work. If you want to not work, then, then not work. The worst thing is that you have people who have to go to work and they really don't want to. But you've got to set that up beforehand. I mean, you, you have to do some planning in order to do that. But I have a lot of clients that, that retired at 60, like this, your person, 68, 69, and then got just totally bored. Right. And they were like, God, I, I can only, go I can only golf or fish like, so much. Yeah. Or the spouse is like, get out, yeah. you know, <laughs> and just get out of the house. I don't want to see you. You know, you're interrupting. Here's the other thing to get on that. You know, a couple, you know, one spouse worked for 30, 35 years. And the other spouse had their own issues going on right? Their own routines. And sometimes when that other spouse retires, they're going to rely on that, the other spouse to entertain them. Yeah. And they go, no, you're going to have to figure <laughs> out something on your own. This is my time. You're not interrupting my time. You're not going to follow me around like a puppy dog. So sometimes it's by, they just go out and say, you know, I need to find a job. I got to see people. All right. Um, because that becomes their social outlet. Because when you're at work, that's, you see people, you do things with people. But when you retire, you're at home and now you're with the spouse and the spouse like, hey, I'm not sitting around waiting, you know, looking at you. Right, right. You know, I'll see you at 530 like I used to. Then we can do our stuff together. Well, the slang today is to say you've got a side hustle. If you're doing something on the side for some extra money, it's you got a little side hustle. So for a lot of people, also doing that gives them just some extra funding to do extra things in retirement. Maybe you add like this Uber gentleman, he's driving for Uber. Maybe the money he's making, he sets that aside to increase the vac a vacation that they plan on taking with the whole family. Now, maybe you've planned for that and hopefully you have. Hopefully you're working with your advisor and you're talking with them and you're setting aside, you know, buckets of money and things for those different kinds of activities, but it certainly doesn't hurt to add to it. So again, going back to work because you want to, not because you have to, that could be what financial security means to you. Also, maybe spoiling the grandkids, Steve, going a little over overboard, I guess, if you will, on the grandkids and not having to worry about the fact that the air conditioner blew out last month and you had to replace it. And that's going to affect how you treat the grandkids this year. That might mean you're financially secure. That might work for someone as well. Right. And there's nothing worse than having the stress of, gosh, this is going to impact us going forward. Right. You know, what, what's each little thing going to do to us? Are we right? going to get to do what we want to do? That's the biggest thing. You know, we run, you know, models and saying, look, you can continue to do what you want to do. 
as long as you stay this way. Bring in extra money, that's great. That just is gravy, you know. And you can rest assured that you can continue to spoil grandkids. You can do all the things that you want to do, but you need to know that before you start doing it. I kind of go back to the, as you said before, it's if you have to go back to work, you want to go back to work, not because you have to. And that just brings on a whole lot of stress when you have to go back to work. Yeah. Because now you're back in the workforce. Now you're back in it. Like, oh, God, they could fire me at any time. And you have that stress of everything that you got rid of when you first retired. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of times for, you know, making sure you've got that plan in place to not think about going back to work after you've retired. Because the reality is you're not probably getting the job back for once that you had. And you're certainly probably not going to be making the same wages that you had. So again, having a plan in place going into retirement so that we all can't do a Brett Favre, right? We can't retire no. three or four times and go back. So making sure that you got a plan. And really, let's go ahead and just finish up this week's podcast, Steve, with the retirement edge process real fast. Uh, you know, going through this is going to help answer some of these questions, right? Give us just a little bit of a breakdown on the retirement edge process. Well, the first part that we do in the very first piece of the EDGE process is basically doing what I call the WPC Retirement Roadmap. And what it basically pulls together in one sheet of paper is it gives you all of your assets, all the things that you're going to use to live on. It gives you a screenshot of that. It also gives you a screenshot of your income, your current and your projected income. It also shows you how much risk you're taking in comparison to how safe your money is. And then also on the income side, I forgot to say, it also shows you if you are going to have to increase your income at retirement, because most people want to live off what they are currently living on. And once we find out that they retire, we need to make sure that we're allowing the money that they've saved to generate that income to replace their paycheck. So the very first piece of the edge process is to get that money map together. Once that's together, then all the different strategies we put together to make sure they don't run out of money, that they continue to spoil their grandkids and all the different things, that's in the next phase of the analysis. But the very first piece is getting that money map. Then if that makes sense, then we move on to step two, which is start running all the numbers and seeing where we have to make adjustments. Okay, very cool. So if you'd like to get started, if you have some questions, you'd like to get your complimentary retirement edge process underway. If you're not currently already a client of Steve's and listening to our podcast, then give him a jingle at 913-685-3207, 913-685-3207, or go to the website, wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. You can uh, check out the team, a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. You can learn more about Steve. You can click on the radio or podcast page, listen to past episode, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform of choice it is that you like. But most importantly, you can get started. If you need some help, don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Give them a jingle. 913-685-3207. This has been the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Steve, thanks for your time, my friend. Hope you have a great week. Thank you. You too. And we'll talk to you next time here on the program. Make sure you subscribe. Again, the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation. We'll see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.